0: Show.
1: I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud.
2: is my fight song take back my
0: life song. Prove all right song follow the leader today on the christian car guy show what is your leadership style <laughs> what is your fight song i love that line that only have one match but i can make an explosion i i, I just think that's brilliant but if you look closely into the lives of all the early church leaders one thing kind of jumps out at me (laughs) they all went down fighting beaten flogged beheaded boiled in oil crucified upside down the enemy is is dangerous and he's slick if you take him on he's liable to hit you below the belt and from where it's hard to guess as some of you who have taken on the enemy know Uh, We do these boot camps, Uh, those who know me well know that I have with a ministry called Masculine Journey. And whenever we do these boot camps, we do one in the spring and one in the fall, which is actually next weekend. It's amazing to me how the warfare ramps up to just unbelievable levels of things that we experience that I, I just never would have guessed in a million years. As we speak, a friend of mine who is one of the presenters, one of the speakers at this conference at this uh, boot camp is fighting to save his foot. They're talking about amputation as he's got this horrible infection. And, you know, I was getting e- texts last night about people's software that's crashing and they all the stuff that they're working on is falling apart. And it, it's amazing. But I have to tell this one <laughs> what happened to me this week. I still don't even believe it. I, if I hadn't lived it, a lot of everybody that's heard this story says, Robbie, that could only happen to you. Well, Monday morning, as I get up really early, like at 4.30, and I'm praying. And I, that's my normal way of doing that. And I'm praying actually a spiritual warfare prayer. I'm like, Jesus, come against the enemy and, and come against his powers. And, and, I'm, and, and, and these are the very words I'm saying. And I actually say, and I stake it there in Jesus' name. And the moment I say that, by this time it's probably quarter to five in the morning, all of a sudden, I hear this horrible noise upstairs where my daughter's room is, my youngest daughter, who still lives at home. And the cat comes running through the house, Bill, like a ball of puff. I mean, have you ever seen a, a cat that was freaked out and they just go puff? Well, this is a pretty skittish cat to begin with. And it's running through the house. It looks like a puff. And I'm like, what in the world? So I go upstairs and I say, Mariah, did you fall out of bed? What in the world? She goes, I didn't fall out of bed, but whatever that noise is, is horrible. It sounds like somebody's up here. And I said, it does sound like it, but they couldn't be, you know, they're, I don't know how they would be up here. So I go down, I climb under my bed where I keep my shotgun. And of course I get the shotgun out and I decide that I need to load it <laughs> and I can't find my shotgun shells. My wife wakes up. What in the world are you doing? I'm trying to find my shotgun shells. Oh, I saw those. I'd put them I can't remember where I put them. I said, you're you're kidding me. You can't find the shotgun shells. And so the only place I know where shotgun shells are, Bill, is out on the back porch, which is specifically where I think the noise is coming from. Like, I think people are trying to get in the back porch. Did you think
1: about asking them, pardon me, can you hand me that box?
0: (laughs) Well, they're in in my hunting vest. And so I, I... i go out i said honey you stay right behind me and you you be prepared to go down 911 immediately if anything happens but i'm gonna go out on the porch i'm gonna get some shells i'm gonna load this gun so i go out there turn on the light on the porch i go out on the porch get three shells out of my vest i, I put him in the gun i cock the gun i walk out the back door and as i walk out the back door i hear a man say please don't shoot me. (laughs) Did you say, that's all right. I don't know where my shells are anyway. (laughs) By this time, the gun's loaded, okay? And this is real. The man says, please don't shoot me, but I couldn't see where he said it from. Which, by the way, when the enemy attacks you, you will not know where it's coming from quite often. And, And I will clearly say I had no idea where this man's voice was coming from And he said, I'm up here. And when he said that, I turned. And the man was literally on my roof, in a hoodie,
1: on my roof. Did he have roofing material
0: with him? No, he didn't have roofing material with him. And I said, and my wife said I was very angry. I was pointing the gun at him. And I was like, what in the world are you doing on my roof at quarter to five in the morning? And he says, I have something very valuable I have up here. And I said, what in the world could be valuable at quarter to five in the morning on my roof? And he says stepdaughter and i said do you mean to tell me that not only are you on my roof but your stepdaughter's on my roof up here somewhere is she on the other side of the roof what in the world are you talking about and he goes well the police think i'm crazy and at this point in time i remembered police i said tammy call the police right now what i did not know is my wife is freaked out at this point because she realizes there's a man on the
1: roof your insurance agent's blood pressure's up pretty good
0: too <laughs> my wife she calls the police. She says, you've got to come immediately. My husband has a gun, and he is going to shoot the man on the roof. I'm telling you, he is going to shoot the man on the roof. And so they're like, ma'am, what clothes is he wearing so we can tell the officers who has the gun? I hope you had clothes on. I, I had my pajamas on. I'm literally in my pajamas. And so you can picture this scene. I'm carrying. I can't. I, I can't picture this. scene. I've got this man at gunpoint. And I literally have the gun on him and I'm like, so the police say you're crazy. He goes, Yeah. I said, Well, they're on their way now. They're gonna say it again. I said, Why in the world did they say he said, Well, they're out of my house two times already (laughs) This you know, today, which was Easter. You know, I'm a little late. It's a little late if you're the Easter bunny, I'm just saying. (laughs) So I'm like, what in the world and he starts to walk and when he walks it's obvious he's not wearing any shoes because he's going ooh, ah, ah, you know and i'm now, like is he
1: still on the roof he's still on the
0: roof okay, he's still on the roof walking and i said what are you doing now and he goes well i'm trying to find my shoes his daughter probably had him <laughs> she didn't and so i was like man you need to find your shoes because the police are coming and you don't need to go anywhere you need to stay right put the police are going to be here and he's like i can't find him and i can see him walking around he's trying to find his shoes and so this is where my wife said I got really stupid. I said, here, and I threw my flashlight up to him. <laughs> find, your, find your shoes. And so about this time, the police have now responded. I, what I did not know is my daughter was also in her bedroom calling the police. She thought her father had died because she saw me out go out with a gun, and now she hasn't heard anything. And huh. she's called the police. And from all over Winston-Salem, from east, west, north, and south, I mean, every direction you could imagine, we are now hearing sirens and seeing blue lights because apparently they put out whatever kind of thing that they put out when there really is a situation. Robbie,
1: Robbie needs help, and everybody showed up.
0: <laughs> was there a
1: helicopter?
0: <laughs> it was not a helicopter, but there were cars coming up and down the road, both, both directions, several of them and 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 again immediately they were like sir put down the gun i was like i'm good i'm good
1: the listeners are dying we want to know if the daughter was up there
0: well what happened was the man when he heard all the police coming whatever he runs off the roof as fast as he 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 takes off across the roof he he dives as he hits the ground i hear this horrible because it's on the other side of the house i hear this horrible "Uh, uh, uh," you know as he hits the ground and so i run over there and, and i'm like dude you do not need to run running from police is not a good idea i watch you know blue bloods danny will chase you down every time (laughs) i was like don't do that and he doesn't have his shoes on and he's going ooh ah, oh and he goes right through this poison ivy bed that i know are between my house and the street but anyway he takes off across the street and of course the police are all there they let the dogs out i'm not kidding you i wish i had the music right now they let the dogs out
1: (laughs) so they brought police dogs they brought police dogs. there's a swat team there Yeah.
0: yeah And so the police take, the dogs take out after him and the police and all that stuff. The dogs, as I found out later in the day, actually chased him over a mile and he went into the lake and they'd fished this guy out of the lake and took him to a mental hospital. But I found out that, did you know it's not against the law to be on somebody's roof at, at quarter to five in the morning that unless you have a no trespassing sign, right? Now, I guess at this point in time you're wondering, Robbie, what does this have to do With warfare.
1: But it's a great story. What does it have
0: to do with leadership? What does it have to do with my battle cry? It is a great story. I'm gonna try to put that together for you when we come back. And I would love to still
1: wanna find out about his daughter. Your battle story. We're gonna
0: find out. 866-348-7884-866-34 Truth when we come back. the leader today on the Christian Car Guys show. We're talking about leadership styles and kind of the fight that's at, at hand when you take on the enemy, which takes some leadership. And if you were listening to the first segment, you heard my story on um, my intruder. I, or I don't know exactly what you would call him an intruder because I found out it's an not ex, An extruder. Yeah, my what? extruder was on the roof of my house at quarter to five. He had run off. The dogs chased him into the lake. And what I did not know until I found out later was that he was actually 48 years old. When I gave a description, I was so far off, Bill, it was...
1: It was I mean, if he jumped off your roof and took off <laughs> running, he, he's in pretty good shape for a 48-year-old.
0: Yeah, I think he might have had some extra help um, <laughs> from some things that he'd been on. But anyway... Well, I, was,
1: I thought you meant his daughter.
0: No, his daughter, we never, we never yeah. saw the stepdaughter... As it turned out, he was actually engaged to a lady that had a daughter, and he referred to her as his stepdaughter, where there were issues there. But the, the thing of it is, is my description was a young guy in his 20s in a gray hoodie,
1: <laughs> right? And it ended up being a man with glasses who was 48 years old. Well, they won't be able to hold him now. He, he's going to be free. You won't be able to pick him out of the lineup.
0: So anyway, as it turns out, and I don't need to pick him out of the lineup because he – I can't press charges. He didn't break any laws. You can get on somebody's roof. By the way, you need to post no trespassing signs on your yard if you won't want somebody on In your, your roof. On your chimney. Yeah, on your chimney. <laughs> so, okay, but I wanted to get to this part. that I, Again, it just seems like a crazy story, but the enemy had a, a, a real idea here on what he was going to accomplish with this, which I had never guessed would have happened. But it completely, and I mean completely, traumatized my wife and daughter. I mean they have not been able to sleep since then. Every little noise they're jumping out, you know, they what they experienced was this trauma. Now don't forget where do I have to be next week is on, you know, at this boot camp where I will not be home. And now they're like I don't know if we can stand you not being here. You see the pressure that comes on or if I'm not there, what does that feel like? And and you you can kind of see what's going on. But mm-hmm. I know Bill you have questions, but what i'm getting at is if you're going to take on the enemy he he hits below the belt and he will find ways um but fortunately you know god is there and we can turn to him and we will be praying that god will protect all of us and and, and my friend that's really really we need to be praying for jim graham he's is is fighting this infection in his foot right now he's in the hospital and and we're hoping that that that, that will be better but Bill, you had some questions.
1: Well, you answered some of them. One, I was trying to figure out whether he brought his own ladder or if you leave a ladder next to your house so that burglars can get in easily. I did leave a ladder. Next, but interestingly, he didn't choose the ladder. He, he chose
0: to pile up some stuff over by my carport, so to speak, and he climbed up on the low side of that. and. He kind of bent the gutters a little bit but, you know,
1: after this i'm going to ask you what type of stuff you leave out around your house that you could pile up so someone could get up on your roof but i'm a little scared to do that while we're on air now this guy flew off your roof and i mean 40 he, what
0: He's 48 years old and he ran full blast i mean as fast as I. i mean he just took off like i don't want to get shot and i don't want to get caught and so he Takes off across the roof in the dark, jumps. I hear this awful noise. But apparently, he wasn't hurt too bad because he wasn't limping horribly. He was limping some as he took off across the street, as, right before the dogs
1: went after him. I had a little company a partnership in college, and we put on roofs. and My buddy was deathly uh, bees, and there was a bee. And he flew over the roof. I, I've seen what you're talking about. It, it's amazing to see someone just. Without any concern at all, jump off a a, a roof and keep on running. So,
0: if you're wondering, am I listening to the Christian Car Guy Show? Yes, (laughs) you are. And we are going to get to how this fits into cars. Because obviously. We drove there, right? (laughs) No, he actually didn't. He lived back, as as it turned out, in my neighborhood, and he came from a a street over. But anyway, uh, leadership styles. Bill, this is is something that that has been on your heart. You've been studying how the different <clears throat> disciples, people in the early church, Timothy and, and others, took on leadership, which applies to cars because obviously we're leading our families on how to take care of their cars, on how to how to drive their cars, and and th- other things. But actually, we're leading in church ministries and we're doing other things. So this is a very relevant topic.
1: Well, yeah, you know, we went out. My, my firm went out and uh, contacted absolutely awesome group called the Davidson Group in Greensboro. And a Mr. Mark Moser has been working with us, a HR professional trying to to make things run even smoother. And while talking to him and working with him, I was thinking about the churches that I've helped in the past that I've been in some churches that went through lots and lots of ministers. I mean, they just ate them up um, and went from there to a church that just grew beautifully under a, an awesome, awesome minister, and um, was thinking about the different leadership styles and the different ways to solve problems. Um, There's a fellow named Murray Bowen, who was a great psychiatrist after Freud, who, from what I've read, sort of thought Freud was nuts. And he talked about leadership style. And then a gentleman came after him called Edwin Bowen who said that everything that applies to a family and dysfunctional families applies to small groups, including churches and businesses. And they talk about different ways that uh, biblically, um, or at least I can put a biblical spin on, on the things that they, they taught, was you know, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, lift up your request to God and the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And a lot of what they were saying was that families that don't have any peace, families that there's a whole lot of turmoil, families where there's a whole lot of fear, that that gets ingrained in in little children. and That voice that a lot of people have that, that we constantly fight, that that voice is programmed and created in those situations, in that turmoil, in those families that, when children are young.
0: Or even when they're older and they see their dad go out of the house. For the I don't
1: sky think sky. that one gets stuck <laughs> in there. That's we check, love. Check his life insurance Your story,
0: policy. 866-348-7884. you got a car question for us, anything along those lines. So much more. Christian Car Guy show coming up. Following the leader today on the Christian Car Guy show, your battle leading against the enemy, we would love to hear your story, 866-348-7884. Or we did have, we had a grace and truth story that we didn't get up last week. If you're listening, we would love for you to call back and share your story, 866-348-7884. Again, you can find out more about this leadership stuff or Christian Car Guy Theater, the Jesus Labor Love, Car Repair Labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. It's all at ChristianCarGuy.com, as well as podcasts or previous shows, Christian Car Guy Theater, and the Car Show Calendar, which there's car shows coming up in all big time in April, one of which we're going to be live on the 28th, Saturday the 28th, in Georgia. We're going to be in Douglasville, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta at Sweetwater Baptist Church. So what I'm looking very forward to, that was really, really fun last year, and I'm looking forward to doing that again. So the car show calendar's there. There's, there's hundreds of car shows that you can find out across the country there at the car show calendar at christiancarguy.com. But getting back to our leadership, and I heard this quote uh, actually from one of the gentlemen in the Ransom Heart Ministries with John Eldridge was that a great leader will point you to God and a poor leader will drive you to God. <laughs> <laughs> or, or somewhere else. Well, you know, if, if you're grounded there, you know, I can think of, and, and when I think about that quote, it, you know, when, when I was with Chrysler, um, we saw some leadership changes. You know, we had Ayacoka, who was you know, a worldly person, but nonetheless a great industry leader. And he gave Chrysler some values back and got them moving in the direction of really trying to create vehicles that were helpful with the minivan and the K car and some of the other things that he did and, and with the Jeep. Was his the Mustang? No, that was – well, Iacocca did had part of the Mustang back when he was with Ford, but this is when he was with Chrysler. And and then Bill Eaton came in after Iacocca and and he – made some wonderful changes but one of the things that he in my opinion got was greedy. <laughs> and and Chrysler became so successful that they became really heavy in cash and so Chrysler I mean Daimler-Benz bought them in order to absorb that cash to expand their operations plus to to do more in the United States. Well when Daimler came in that was the leadership that drove me to God <laughs> because honestly they didn't have the integrity. You could no longer believe what the people were telling you because they would tell you that you could get these cars and the incentives would be on it and whatever. And then two weeks later, the program would be totally changed. And you got to the point where you, you literally could not trust what the people were telling you that were essentially running the company. However, there you are. You're in this position. And what you're talking about, Bill, I think is completely applicable because I wasn't getting my cues I wasn't grounded in Chrysler. I was grounded in God. And so by, by staying in prayer and petition, like you said, daily getting word from him, how can I help my customers? What's the best way to work in this situation? I've got all these employees. They're counting on Chrysler. You know, there's a whole lot going on here. And it's extremely important. It, it, it appeared to me that I stay very grounded in God and, and really on my toes against the enemy because it, it, it appeared that he was afoot. <laughs> You know, and so I can say actually that that leadership with damler Benz at the time pushed me more on God. In other words, I twisted more into God with him than I did with Bill Eaton or I did with Iacocca because I didn't fear the You know, I wasn't. It was like every what's the next move coming, God? I need to know where's my next step. So I don't know if you if you think about that, but I'm interested in your take on the disciples as you and the and the other um, people as they went through that.
1: Well, the different disciples handled management in different ways, which is not unusual. Jesus was fascinating in that he knew exactly what he was going to say and the point he was going to make. And if you read, there were all these different groups that tried to get him off point, that tried to convince him that he was wrong. And the beauty was that he would come up with just the simplest way to explain that he was in the right direction, and they were in the wrong direction. But he was a, a servant, and he was a teacher, and he was a healer. Now, Paul, on the other hand, which I, yeah, I feel a lot more comfortable with Paul because, man, what did Paul screw up things really bad? And he does a good job of teaching people how to accept the fact that we're human and we screwed up, and God's willing to, to, to forgive us. But he made mistakes even after he came to Christ, Um but he was a teacher and a director and establisher, and he was a good de- uh, delegator. And he would say, "You go here, you go there." And when he got before a group and the group was completely sure that he was wrong, he talked to him and he stuck to his guns. He he didn't. He listened, but through prayer and through scripture, he knew what the point was that he wanted to make, and he made it. And then on the other hand, even after. He won the argument that he made the point that people didn't have to be circumcised to be a, a good Jew, to, to be a good leader. He was willing, even after he won that argument, to go back and say, well, on the other hand, to be better. Of course, he wasn't the one that was having to have the the. Well, <laughs> this, this reminds me of the story
0: of the, of the, yeah. You remember the story of the boiling water where you put an egg in it? Yep. You put the, the pasta in it and you put coffee in it. And three no, different, I hadn't heard this one. Really? Yeah, well, when you put an egg in boiling water, it gets hard-boiled. In other words, that's one of the reactions we can have to mm. adversity. Yes. Is you can get hard-boiled and nobody's you know you just become hard as a hard-boiled egg and, and pretty hard to deal with. Or you can go limp like the spaghetti, right? Of course you get fatter
1: and fatter and fatter the well, longer you stay that, in the pot. That
0: yeah, sounds familiar. But you know you don't stick to your guns. That's the deal. You become limp and you become part of the what you let the but water very tasty. Yeah, there you go. Same with the hard boiled egg.
1: Well, so you're mean, ready you to get, get e- e- eaten
0: by the enemy. But anyway, the third thing is coffee. Coffee changes the water. The water doesn't change the coffee. It you might say it drains uh, it out. But but the point is colors. The is eggs that too. yeah? And it and it adds flavor and it and it. It's a little different process when you think about yes. it. So yes. the question is: Are you the egg, the spaghetti, or the coffee? And what you're saying is, Paul was the coffee.
1: Yes, that's good. I had never <laughs> thought about that before.
0: You don't boil as much water as I do.
1: <laughs> well, that's true, and I haven't tried to eat brown brown eggs. <laughs> or at least not that type of brown eggs. They're pretty tasty.
0: But when you're, when you're in a situation like that, and I, I, when it comes to leadership in your family or in a church or in a ministry, one of the things I believe is critically important is understanding my own weaknesses. Yes. Like I realize that I'm more of a visionary and I am not a paperwork person. Anybody that works with me that would tell you that Robbie's paperwork. The, the
1: car guy wasn't a paperwork. No. I mean, don't you all, you, no. I always had to go through about 5,000 sheets. of? Paper. I always wanted to bring in my, my signature stamp. The T's stamp.
0: were not crossed and the I's were not dotted. And so I put a lot of people around myself. I had Joe Valls. You remember Joe? Oh, I know he Joe. Was, he was Fine. an administrative genius. And so he, he could take my mess and turned it into a masterpiece. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. But it was it was critical as a leader to figure out, okay, I'm not an administrative person. But think about it, if you're an administrative person, chances are you, you're not really visionary. You know, and it's and true. having those people around you to help you cast a vision, you know, to be able to use those administrative skills is really is really critical. And the church that that I belong to for I still belong to is Calvary Baptist Church. And there we had this pastor you've mentioned before, oh, Pastor Quartz. He was unbelievable. He was visionary. But what other people didn't see that I know is he had Guy Hip. You see, Guy Hip was his administrative guy. And he took his stuff and he turned it into a masterpiece. But, but you See, Mark Quartz without Guy Hipp, you don't get the whole package. You know? And that was, that was how God put that together. It's the body of the Christ kind of picture that when we begin to look into our organizations, and actually, Truth Network people that know us well would know we have Stu Epperson, who's clearly the visionary, mm-hmm. and he's out there. You might imagine he's not administratively gifted. But he has Mike Carbone, who is our you – know, and, and Michael b- makes a masterpiece out of the mas- – <laughs> I don't know how else to put
1: it. And then that awesome sales department. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And the on-air talent is just unbelievable. <laughs> but anyway – you
0: know, those are all things that when we think about leadership, you know, we can follow the leader and, and think about the way that we're putting people in our lives when it comes to how we're leading our family, our mm-hmm. ministry, those kind of things. We got more following the leader, but you know, I'm nobody's to come with a story. 866 so 348 if Someone
1: a- has, has climbed up on your roof and bothered your family. <laughs> we want to hear from you. <laughs>
0: today on the Christian Car Guy Show, what's the battle you're leading in? We would love to hear your story. 866-348-7884 is the number to call in and share. We have Ken is in North Carolina. Ken, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning.
3: Good morning, Robbie. Hey, uh, your stories reminded me of something that happened almost 35 years ago in Greensboro. <laughs> I okay. uh, I was working with a company, and it's a leadership roof slash police story. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I uh, had just went to work for this company. And, you know, the old saying is the boss man might not always be right, but he's always the boss man. But <laughs> so we were supposed to do a uh, job for a very prominent family in uh, uh, Old Irvin Park, and uh, she went to China. Left my boss man with the keys. He left the keys at his house, but here we are out on the job. And his mind goes to thinking, and there's a flat roof right outside the back door. So we get a ladder off the truck. He's going to go in the upstairs window, pull the air conditioner out, and run down the steps and turn the uh, alarm off. And we didn't have very much to do. We got in with no problems. He got the alarm off. But when we got ready to leave, the plan was for me to go upstairs, go out the window. He was going to turn the alarm off and run up the steps and get out the window and put the thing back in the window. And uh But it didn't work the same way as it did when we went in. And <laughs> the, alarm, the alarm went off, and uh, there I was standing at the bottom of the ladder. And my boss man, which I was following his instructions, he was standing on the roof with the air conditioner in his hand when the police drove up. And they did come out pretty quick <laughs> back then, especially that neighborhood. And there's two of them, they're walking down the driveway, and I'm standing at the bottom of the ladder. I felt like Peter saying, I don't know that man.
2: <laughs> but, he, but anyway, he
3: said, My boss man looks and he says, Don't shoot, we work here. <laughs> <laughs> and really, really, the quickest, the, the thing that saved us from a lot of conf, a lot of conflict was that, because uh, I'm telling you, these policemen, they look serious. Oh, I mean, he had play. his hand on his hose. <laughs> I mean, it was a Barney fight situation. and he. But some neighbors that were fortunately also our customers were out doing their morning walk. They came down to see what was going on, and they knew us, and uh, policemen realized we were working there. He, they never asked us why we were going in and out the window. <laughs> but uh, it was, you know, I was just, Following the leadership of my boss, man, I wasn't totally believing we were going to do all that, but but uh, we had to do what we were supposed to do before the woman come back uh, from her trip. And There you go. Was a lot God was with you, there. and here
0: you are <laughs> yeah. today.
3: Hey, we were both Christians, but at that time, I just, I just thought we were going to be Arrested <laughs> and taken in and and be questioned before right. they understand we're supposed to.
1: <laughs> so you could have cleaned out the entire house, and all you needed was two people to pretend to be strangers walking down the you street. Know,
3: that this is Mrs. Edwards; she was Joseph Bryan's brother, oh. and she had egg painted eggs from China sitting on tables in the hall that cost three thousand dollars, and I was afraid to walk down the hall. <laughs> Oh, my word. I was afraid. I was afraid I might knock something off. But well, see, there's. I, I
0: knew there was another roof story out
3: there, Ken. And I'm yeah. so <laughs> grateful that
0: you called in with that because it, well, it makes my day to know yeah. I'm not the only person with a roof story out there.
3: Yeah. Well, I I was uh, thinking also when uh, your uh, insurance man there made a comment about his blood pressure going up or something. I'm sitting here thinking all... really. What would have really done if you told him you climbed the tree?
1: <laughs> no, I wasn't worried about him getting hurt. I was worried about somebody falling off his roof. Now I'm worried about all my clients that have air conditioning sticking out their windows. You, you, you yeah. messed me up. Yeah, I might well, not be to sleep tonight.
3: Yeah, well, they had a sensor on it, but we thought uh, my bossman thought he was faster than that alarm.
0: Yeah, nope. So well, just, thank you, Ken. God bless you. I appreciate yeah, you calling I, in I so much
3: today.
0: Uh, Wow. Yeah, you just don't know what all's going on out there. But one of the ideas that you had from a leadership standpoint, when you're leading your clients and they have a claim, I think it's definitely worth talking about here, Bill.
1: Well, yeah, people have to understand that insurance is a contract and there's certain things that are covered and there's certain things that aren't covered. And some of it may not necessarily make sense. And that's why you need an agent to sort of talk things over with. So, what I recommend to people is if you're going to turn in a claim, is to figure out the easiest, most succinct way, clearest way to explain what happened with as few words as possible. And then explain to your agent what you plan to say to the claims adjuster. And let the agent say, well, this word's better than that word. Or this would be a better way to explain it, because there are lots of cases where things get turned down just because you didn't paint the right picture. So then I say, you got it written out. Make sure when you explain what happened, you say exactly what you wrote down. That way in the future, if it comes up, you can say, I know exactly what I said. Well, if you talk to the adjuster and you say exactly what we know you you were going to say and there's a problem, then it's a whole lot easier for your agent to call up and say, look, this is what my client said and this sentence in the contract means that that problem that they described in this way should be covered. It always threw me when somebody would call up and say, you know, the adjuster didn't want to pay this. I said, well, what did you say? And after listening to them for 30 minutes, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I know that's not what they said, but they double-tracked and... and
0: So if you had it and you could call your agent and explain it, away you go. Uh, Similarly, a leadership tip for somebody who's bringing a car in for repair, you know, a lot of folks want to try to describe that growling noise or that humming noise or that, you know, and they start.
1: <laughs> or they wait till it's not making the noise. The problem isn't <laughs> happening today. So I want to bring it in and have you fix something that's working fine right this minute. Which leads you to the other explanation, that the beauty of
0: <clears throat> of understanding something about, that process would be if you can, in fact, duplicate it. And you can make the car make the noise. Suggest, ask, plead for the service advisor or the mechanic to ride with you and have them hear it for themselves. And, and they can see the, the circumstances that are going around why it's happening. And so the, the word that we used to use in car sales was demonstration. I mean, <clears throat> conversation without demonstration I'm going to get this in a second. Presentation without demonstration is mere conversation. So whenever you can demonstrate something, then you actually get to what is going on as far as what's going on with a car. So it is, again, it's presentation without demonstration is mere
1: You mean you got to make him drive the car. <laughs> if you don't get him to drive the car, you're probably not going to sell the car. Well, that's another,
0: you know, that's, that's a selling technique. And here we're talking about, please getting the service advisor or that person to drive your car to find out if they can duplicate. Again, there's leadership everywhere. And and leadership in your family, leadership when you're trying to get your car repaired or turning an insurance claim, you know, that's all over the place. But it's an interesting thing when you listen to that song, Brave, or you listen to the fight song song, both inside both of those, is you gotta have the courage to speak what it is that you know, and to get out there and share that which again eventually ends up being the truth, which is the biggest thing that you can share is the truth of Jesus Christ who saved us all from our sins. Remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. And we're so grateful that you listened. This morning we had so much fun here on the Christian Cargaz Show. <clears throat>